0: Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I am your host, James Clark, and with me, as always, is Patrick Brewer. What is going on, Patrick? A uh, little bit of a hiatus here, but I think uh, we're back recording. At least I think. You know, this isn't a dream, right?
1: No, this is real life. I think it's it's been, what's today, April 12th? So as, yeah. if, as of uh, Sunday, it'll be eight months since we last recorded and posted an episode. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a while. A lot has changed. A lot has stayed the same, but um happy to be back with you uh, talking to our team.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think uh, the last time we had a show, it was titled Will Myers at Third Base, so uh, times have changed, I would say, my friend. Times have definitely changed for Padres fans.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was telling James before we recorded, I'm like, we need to mention the fact that our last episode was about Will Myers playing third base, and I'm really glad that's not a thing anymore. I, I don't know about you, yeah. but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, we we have some Machado guy at third. And I, I guess I've heard he's pretty good, and we're yeah, invested. I mean, in
1: it. He makes a lot of money, but uh, I think it's worth <laughs> every cent. I would say.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely get into the the vibe of this this nine and five Padre team that's in first place right now. Uh, I know it's really early. I know it's not wise to get too <laughs> enthusiastic about this team this early, but but damn, they are they are playing well. There's youth. Tatis is on the team. Paddock's on the team. The future is here, right? I mean, this this is pretty exciting, right, Patrick?
1: Yeah, I mean I have I've kind of said this before, but I really respect the fact that they really steered into it in terms of, you know, letting the letting the young guys play. I mean, you know, a lot of teams throughout baseball wanted to send down guys to protect another year of, you know, service time, but I think the Padres made it pretty clear that they, they weren't into that idea. So I mean the fact that both Tatis and Paddock were up and I mean Margavish I still say Margavicius, although apparently now it's Margavishitz. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's what they're saying yeah. on the broadcast. So I guess we should go with it. Um, and then obviously <laughs> Avila had a strong start last night. Uh, I mean, can you believe that we traded Derek Norris for that guy? I mean, where's Derek Norris? Nowhere. Yeah, where is Derek Norris? Um, that's a pretty, pretty good there. Yeah. So I mean, I really love that they're really steering into it and you know letting the young guys play, and we're seeing. I mean, overall success. I mean, Tatis has had his lumps, up and down, but I mean. He's definitely I think, acclimating pretty well and the pitchers have been all pretty consistent so far. So looking forward to seeing how that plays out.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be an exciting season, no matter what happens. Uh, we're going to see a lot of growth in, in these young players and, and that's exciting in itself. You're seeing players like Avila and Marga come out of nowhere to, to become relevant pitchers and relevant players. It's, it's exciting because, you know, neither one of those guys were really a top 30 prospect and for them to be successful at the major league level just makes you excited for when the McKenzie Gores and the Patinos and the Morahones and the Baez actually get here. And, and it's, uh, it can't be any more exciting than it is right now for Padre fans. I think that, uh, even the most cynical of fans is bought into the, the future of this team.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got like Hunter Renfro playing out of his mind. Will Myers is playing well. Um, yep. Manny nope. Margot's, I mean, been okay. I mean, he's not, not been great just yet, but he's been, he's been solid. Um, Hosmer, although not great yet. I, I, I kind of tweeted this yesterday. There's been some signs of hope there. Um, Hedges obviously playing well behind the plate. Um, you know, Kinsler is, is Kinsler. I think that's the one. <laughs> Even Fran Reyes so I mean, hasn't really gotten going yet, but if you look at all the <laughs> advanced metrics, um, measure kind of a quality of contact he's he's definitely hitting the ball hard and i think those hits will start to fall and we'll see some some more success from him as well
0: yeah definitely there's gonna there's definitely going to be success for this team in the future and it's a it's exciting to see all these young players and 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 see them at the major league level um speaking of young players for our first show back uh we thought we'd bring in old friend of the show jonathan mayo of uh mlb.com and mlb pipeline Uh, pick his brain a little bit about some prospects and uh, talk about this young Padre team. So stay with us. We will be right back uh, with Jonathan Mayo. Welcome back, folks. Uh, We are joined. Jonathan Mayo is here from uh, MLB.com, MLB Pipeline. How are you doing, Jonathan?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: We are doing well. We were uh, our show. Our actually, our show's been on a little bit of a hiatus, so uh, we're happy to be back. San Diego Padres are are a pretty hot topic uh, around this part. So I'm sure that uh, the national media is starting to pay a little bit of attention to them. Uh, give me your thoughts on this young Padre team. I, I know you don't follow them daily like we do, but give me your thoughts off the top of your head of what you're seeing from this young Padre team.
2: Well, it's just. They're fun.
0: I mean, it's
2: you know for a whole host of reasons. We sort of saw glimpses last year, I think, with some of the the younger players starting to come up and make positive contributions. Uh, yes, the, it's not like the Padres were competing for the playoffs, but it always got the sense that they were a team that teams didn't want to face down the stretch, especially because when you have a young team, there's nothing to lose. Uh, they're just playing and they're going out and playing loose. I love that they kind of just went with the best 25 guys. You know, they didn't worry yeah. about service time and, and things like that. And that, that's rare these days. I think they had a sense that they had a pretty good team and, and with a chance to do well. Now, you know, we'll see what happens. The, the good thing is that they have the ability to, because they're starting to amass talent closer to the upper levels, to... Yeah. Keep bringing guys up um you know to 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 help out if certain guys falter and things like that but uh you know obviously seeing tatis and paddock make the team out of spring training was a, a huge boost and and you know they've they've done what they've done so far so it's it's uh it's a fun story right now with the always the caveat that it's only what 14 games in for them so yeah yes yeah. Let's not let's not get them sized for World Series rings just yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think uh, I think most San Diegans are, are are celebrating the fact that we're in first place it's been the first time in in seven years or something like sure. that. And it's uh, it's pretty exciting around here. Um, you know, Pedro Avila made his major league debut last night, pitched pretty well. Uh, Nick Markovicius has been pitching well uh, this season. Uh, both were not even top 30 prospects you know should other teams be concerned when when the mckenzie Gores and the patinos and the baezes and and the morahons make it to the major leagues because they're getting some pretty decent efforts from from players that weren't really considered that that high as far as prospects go yeah i mean that
2: I, I mean, that should be
0: the concern if you're in the nl west
2: uh, you know obviously the dodgers have the the both uh, a good farm system and the financial wherewithal to, to keep up. But when you see guys making contributions and knowing just how deep this farm system is, yeah, I mean, this is something that, yeah, nine and five start is exciting. I'm sure Padres fans are are you know, beside themselves with glee right now. Okay. But even if, say Let's say for whatever reason they, they, they play well this year but don't make the playoffs. Like, this is going to be sustainable for, for a while. Uh, yeah. That uh, – you know, and they're going about it the right way. Uh, and they're going to be, you know, to, to sign, you know, to, to decide on extensions for some guys I think is smart. Um, I, I think that uh, you're going to continue to see the sort of quote unquote big names come up and, and do what they're supposed to do. Uh, and you're going to see the Marga viciouses of the world come up and make contributions as well. And uh, you know, the, the only thing that's going to hold them back is, you know, you can't have like an eight man rotation. Yeah, really.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely the uh, early season concern is kind of burning through the bullpen real fast, burning through starters real fast. That's going to be kind of an ongoing issue. Um, I want to kind of switch gears and talk about Mackenzie Gore a bit. Um, Obviously, he had his um, home debut last night, looked really good. Um, What are you seeing on Gore? And kind of give us your thoughts on him moving forward.
2: Well, I mean, there was a reason why he was, you know, taken where he was in the draft and why been thought of so highly he's just had some like m- minor things right it's not it's not like he's had shoulder issues right it's been a blister thing and yes that can play you, you a, a player but invariably you find ways around it and I, I think it was just a matter of time for him to be on the mound healthy and and show what he can do. And that's what he's doing right now. I mean, California league, with 10 score, 10, 10 scoreless innings, yeah, uh, yeah. to start things out, 15 strikeouts, only two walks. I mean, it's exactly what you thought Mackenzie Gore was capable of doing. Showed in glimpses last year, but you know, uh, not consistently because of the blister issues, not just because you're know, pitching through that your stuff might be off a little bit, but, uh, Inconsistency of mound time, having to sit and rest, and then ramp back up, and uh, you know it was a learning year. I'm sure, and yeah. Yeah. Um, I can say that there's probably nobody happier about this than Jim Callis. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that is for sure. You know, I was lucky enough to to talk to McKenzie last week, and um, he described the he described himself as a caged animal last year. And and just being frustrated and, and just having something simple as a as a finger and feeling good otherwise and physically and being able to go through his mental reps and stuff and uh, he's just wants to dominate this year. That's what he told me, and and we're seeing early signs of it. And I think Jim Callis is definitely going to be excited from for the future yes. of uh, Mackenzie quarter.
2: Yeah, we are, we all are. And yeah, I mean, this is a kid who not only has great stuff, but he's such a tremendous competitor. I think that what he told you gave you a glimpse into that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you see these young pitchers who they dominate in high school because their stuff is so good, but uh, there's a certain mental metal that you need to 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 dominate. And he wants to he wants to dominate. Um, and I think you know he's got that sort of um, Madison Bumgarner in him. Uh, I you know I don't want to just straight out you know comp high school lefties, but one of the things that made Madison Bumgarner so good was how much he wanted to dominate. And Mackenzie Gore's stuff at this age is better than Madison Bumgarner's.
1: So, so I know I know we're projecting a bit here. I know he's only 20 years old, but what do you think the timetable is for Gore in terms of moving up to higher levels and getting to uh, closer to the major leagues?
2: I think that they're going to have to try to contain their excitement a little bit. I think the key for this first half is just to get him out every fifth day, make sure that you know that there aren't any recurrences. Uh, that he's fine that that he's getting the reps needed. I think he's good enough that he's gonna get promoted to double A by midseason, I would guess. if I, if 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 I were gonna be conservative and I think just because he had not thrown a lot, uh, that would be it. You know, I think high a double a, finish him, finish him, you know, let him finish in double a with a healthy full season allotment of innings. And then you know, it, if it goes as you think it would, which is he gets to Double A and he's dominant there, then I think you see him in the big leagues at some point next year.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty fair assessment. He's just he has that that aura about him that he's going to be one of those pitchers that comes up pretty early and, and is successful, and it's uh it's exciting. We're, we're Padres fans are exciting. I, I was at the game last night and and caught him uh, live for the first time. Uh, He's impressive. He really is an impressive young man. And and just the way he carries himself is also impressive, being that he's only uh, 20 years old. So uh, the future is definitely bright. Um, Can we transition a little to Ryan Weathers, uh, first round pick for the Padres last season? Uh, A guy who's shown a little more of an edge this season on the mound. I've seen him fist pumping, getting a little more fired up. Um, Can you give me your thoughts on Ryan Weathers and and what you think, uh, Project? What do you project him as uh, in the long term? in the long way.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, that makes sense. You know, that that first summer uh, of pro ball, it, like you can't take anything from away from that. Even if even if he had gone out and thrown like regularly, but yeah. that typically doesn't happen. You keep in mind that he hadn't what happens is, you know, his high school season ended. Maybe he worked out for a few teams, but then he's waiting. And, and by, by the time you get him ramped back up, so the first summer is just him getting his feet wet, sort of seeing what it's about. Um, now he, I think he probably feels like he breaks camp with the full season team. And he he feels like, all right, now this is really my pro career. And remember, he, he grew up around the game. Uh, he knows what it, what it takes. Uh, so I think seeing that edge makes a lot of sense. He can really pitch. Um, I think he is not going to be tested until he gets to the upper levels. Uh, because typically, like in in the Midwest League, if you can command your pitches, like he is capable of commanding them, you're going to dominate. And that's what you've seen so far from him, right? He hasn't walked a guy and struck out seventeen um, in eleven innings. He's gonna do that. Um, I think that he is another who could probably move relatively quickly just because of his feel for pitching. Uh, you know, he'll offset that with his youth. Uh, He's 19 for all of this season. Um, but that feel for pitching, he he almost presents himself like a college lefty in that regard. And I think that will enable him to move a little bit more quickly. Um, you know, could he end up, you know, in the California second half? Yeah, I could see that. I think they're going to be mindful of his, of his innings limit. Uh, you know, he, uh and and not push him too much in that regard uh so i think there'll be some balance you know even if say he spends most of the year in the midwest league and gets a late bump up depending on where teams are in playoff races you know maybe he gets some playoff time uh so that first full season for a high school arm uh you know no matter how advanced he is you have to find that balance between uh you know letting him push ahead and somewhat monitoring his innings and his pitches.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's definitely a good assessment in terms of both Gore and Weathers. I mean, two great great arms, obviously, uh, two great lefties, but definitely going to be a concern on innings for them moving forward. Um, I want to kind of shift gears and talk about another lefty. Uh, it's crazy how many lefties the Padres have in their system, but I want to talk about Adrian Morajone, another guy who was, I mean, basically... A high schooler when he was uh, obviously signed. Um, give me your thoughts on him. He's had some obviously early season struggles. Um, what does he need to do and kind of correct in order to kind of find that ceiling that,
2: that we've all talked about? Yeah, I mean it's it's two outings. Like I, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not, just like I'm not gonna go nuts about uh, Weathers after two, you know, two outings. You know, it's all with that caveat. So let's let's see. Um, you know, I think. There's some rust that he's going to have to shake off, just because he missed, you know, most of the second half. Um, you want to make sure that he's healthy first and foremost. Now, if this continues, you have to worry that there's something else bothering him. But I haven't heard anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the command has been uh, been an issue in the early going here. Um, let's just see, you know, that that jump to double A can can be tough. Uh, it may take him a little while to adjust. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if uh, you know if Gore ends up sort of passing by him. Uh, obviously, we have Gore ahead of him. Uh, ranking-wise, I just meant in terms of path to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he has gotten he had gotten better at you know repeating his delivery and his arm slot and things and, and things of that nature. Um, but he's going to need to. Uh, continue to clean up that delivery and answer those, you know, those, those questions about his durability. Uh, let's uh, sort of taking a wait and see approach with him. Um, he ha- has the the stuff and the mound presence and the overall, you know, future command to be a starter, but we have to see how he holds up and, and how he makes the continues to, to learn, to make that adjustment to double to a keeping in mind, that he's only twenty, you know, he could scuffle this year and then go back to Double A next year, and he's still kind of ahead of the curve developmentally from an age perspective. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's always worth mentioning that the age of some of these guys. I mean, they're younger for the levels, so definitely, definitely worth uh, taking a wait and see approach. Um, I have kind of one other broad-based question in terms of. Um, I know you guys had, I think it was like 9 or 10 guys on the top 100 from the Padres. Um, Is there any other guys that didn't make that list that you see kind of taking a big jump potentially this season?
2: Yeah, I'm looking over... I I mean, mean, the answer is yes. I mean, it's an obvious yes, just because there's so much talent in the system. Um, I always envy Mike Rosenbaum, who does the top 30, because you can go... Much further, uh, and actually, this year AJ Casavell, our our Padres beat writer, worked with Mike on it, and you know they have forty five nice, nice. that they were considering. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the easy answer is looking right at number eleven and and, and Josh Naylor, who just can freaking hit. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what he ends up being. You know, in terms of what position he is, He's one of those guys that his best position will be batter's box Um, (laughs) and you, and I think you figure it out, right? Whether, whether you stick him in left field and hope for the best, he's not completely unathletic. So I think that he might be okay in in left field. Um, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done, uh, in either spot, but he can really, really hit. So, I mean, the defense will hold him back. If I were going to look at one other guy, um, I really like uh, Xavier Edwards, um, and he's he's a different kind of dude. Uh, just in terms of the speed factor, um, I could see him if he if he continues. He's off to a pretty pretty solid start. Um, you know, anytime a guy uh, high schooler breaks out of the gate in full season ball and walks more than he strikes out early on, uh, that that will help encourage him in terms of continuing and of really refining that approach Uh, and be like, Hey, this is actually working. He's getting on base. He's stealing bases. Um, He's a guy that I would keep an eye on just because of his ability to run. He makes, he makes good contact. Um, I think he, he may end up being a better than average hitter, especially with the, with the speed. Um, There's going to be some extra base ability there and he can play. He can play short. Um, Obviously, the Padres don't need a shortstop. You cross that bridge when you get there. But in terms of guys sort of at the lower levels who could make a jump forward, I think Edwards is a guy who could could sort of make that leap uh, into top 100 category. You know, maybe maybe right in time for when Tatis graduates off. Who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's 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 pretty interesting that Edwards is only 19 as well, and, and we're already – talking about his, his plus abilities with, with certain uh, aspects of the game. It's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, the system is just full of young players like that. Um, let's talk about someone who's kind of flying under the radar right now, and that's 21, 21-year-old Anderson Espinosa, who should be at full strength uh, once he comes back in late April, early May. Uh, give me your thoughts on his ability and upside. A- at one time, he was considered the best right-handed prospect uh, in baseball. He's still only 21. will probably be in like Elsinore at the California League, which is pretty much on on track with his development. Yeah. Give, give me your thoughts on, on, on Mr. Espinosa. Yeah, I mean, the,
2: the upside is still the upside until he shows that he, you know, if he's not the same guy. And, you know, there's this narrative in terms of Tommy John surgery that everyone comes back. And, you know, the fact of the matter is yes guys come back but the track record with young guys we we just don't know um you know there's a lot of unknown in terms of what a guy comes back being when he has tommy john surgery that young well you know we're gonna have to we're going to have to wait and see uh you know you look around baseball and there are question marks you know lucas giolito Uh, we don't know what he's going to be uh the white sox about Tommy John surgery at such a young age. Um, So, you know, he, he, if he comes back and is the same guy, the reason we were excited about him hasn't gone away. He's still not the biggest guy in the world. He's going to have to prove he can sort of be durable and stay healthy and manage a workload and all those things, but still has a chance for, you know, three-plus pitches. Um, and, and all of it really works. So let's let him sort of shake the rust off. You know, there have been some guys who come back from Tommy John surgery and there isn't that rust, but you have to go in expecting like this year when he pitches, it's just about getting innings and getting feel for being on the mound again and, and all those sorts of things. And I think next year you can really evaluate what he might be and, you know, if he continues to show he's healthy, there is absolutely no reason why he won't end up being uh, back on top 100 lists and top pitching lists and and all that sort of thing. And as you mentioned, he's still plenty young enough for for him to uh, fulfill his potential. Knowing that, like, listen, the worst, absolutely worst case scenario is you have a guy with upper 90s fastball and a, a plus changeup and a good curveball who turns into like a ridiculous weapon out of the bullpen. We're far off from having to, to do that. Um, you know, I, I think they'll commit to him remaining as a starting pitcher and we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's, it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting story for this year for sure. Uh, I, a lot of pottery fans want to put him on under the Chris Paddock type of times table as far as uh, getting better and, and performing. But it, like you say, it's, it's so hit and miss with Tommy John. You'll just have to play it by ear. Um, Jonathan, thank you so much for the time. I have one more quick question for you yeah. before we before we let you go. Uh, the Padres are sitting with the number one, uh, number six pick in June. Uh, they will be penalty free on the international market this year. Uh, the rich are going to get richer. Give me give me your thoughts on the number six pick and and who the Padres could potentially be looking at. Oh boy, it's uh, there are a lot of uh,
2: a lot of good choices. Um, mm-hmm. It's bat heavy, uh, okay. so you know we just on our on our most recent podcast actually we uh, we were talking about this and Jim and I did a a pseudo mock draft and our, I think the top ten picks were all hitters. Wow. Uh, okay. Now, there there you know there obviously could be a pitcher or two. was things. There are not a ton of college arms. Nick Lodolo from from TCU is probably the best college arm right now, and so he he, he could sneak up there. But um, anybody from like a, a Riley Green from Florida, Corbin Carroll from Pacific Northwest, there's some really good high school bats uh, could be around. And there's some good college ones, uh, toolsy shortstop like Bryson Stott. Now, if I'm the podcast, you don't draft for need, but I don't think I would necessarily take a college shortstop unless you're going to move to yeah. the field. Um, but uh, it, it's. You know, there's one guy, Adley Rushman from Oregon State, has kind of run away and hit as as clearly the best player. Um, Whether the Orioles take him at number one remains to be seen, but if he doesn't go one, he goes two. Uh, For me, there's three guys at the top. After Rushman, it's Bobby Witt Jr. And then uh, the high school shortstop from Texas is that pitched in the big leagues a long time. And Andrew Vaughn, last year's Golden Spikes Award winner, is a first baseman at Cal. it's you know there's some you know it could go either way cj abrams is a young high school shortstop um riley green i mentioned he's an outfielder corby Carroll's an outfielder uh those are the guys that i think sort of fit in that category right now high school arm wise matthew allen is 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 really got an up arrow next to his name he's a, a high schooler from florida brendan malone is also at florida he's at uh at the IMG Academy. I just saw him at the National High School Invitational, and he was tremendously good. Uh, You know, so high school pitching, you know, is always that sort of question mark. Neither of those guys sort of scream like, yes, 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 they must be top 10 picks. But if that's the way you want to go, they certainly could fit in in the conversation where the Padres
0: pick. Awesome. It's, it's, like I said, the rich are going to get richer. They should be able to pull a, a pretty decent pick with the top six pick so uh, we're excited uh you know thank you again jonathan for your time we appreciate that You're, you've been good to the show and kind to us we, we we thank you so much for coming on i
2: love being with you
0: guys anytime thank you jonathan have a great day and uh, we'll talk again soon sounds good uh all right patrick there we go get a little bit of uh some information we, we could have sat there and and talked to pick jonathan's brain forever uh, on this prospect list, I thought it was pretty interesting that he mentioned that AJ Cassimville got with Rosenbaum and kind of uh, devised the list. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to AJ about that and see uh, see what uh, see what he is uh, see what his thoughts were on this on this farm system. Yeah, uh, he's definitely. not one that they, they, he's not one that usually talks about the farm system, so I was kind of uh, surprised on that. Um, some good information there. I mean, it, it. I love that he talked about Weathers and and. and um, gore and the fact that they're going to be fast risers both look like they are going to be fast risers so god it's it's just an exciting time to be a padre fan is it not patrick
1: yeah i mean we get to watch a it's kind of crazy that i get to watch a good team on tv and then i can go on my computer and you know watch some minor league games as well um it's it's crazy yeah. that both are both are worth watching i think for the first time in quite a while so definitely a weird feeling i almost don't have enough hours in the day to watch you know the pro team plus like four minor league teams, so it's kind of bounce, a bouncing act a bit. But um, you can never yeah. have too much fun. So <laughs>
0: no, I mean you know we've been preaching about this farm system for a while, and it's here. Uh, the young players are starting to take shape, and it's it's exciting. So you know let's let's get into the major league team a little bit before we before we head out of here. You know we obviously had haven't had the time to talk about uh, Manny Machado and, and the additions that this team made for for the 2019 season. Um give me your thoughts on how Andy Green has kind of uh juggled around the outfield at this point because it's been it's been tough to get to playing time for Myers, Margot, Reyes and, and Renfro. Uh give me your thoughts on how the uh, I guess he's not really a young manager. Well, he's still a young manager, but give, give me your thoughts on on how Andy Green has done this year on in that regard.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a obviously a balancing act. Um but I mean, if you, if you look at kind of the stats, I mean, Renfro's gotten just shy of 40 plate appearances. Myers is just shy of 50. Margot has 36. Uh, Reyes has 34. So it seems like they're all pretty split. Obviously, Myers is the one who's played, I think, just about every day. I think he's missed one game. Um, The other three have kind of split time pretty evenly, I would say. Um, I think he's done a pretty solid job so far of balancing. It's really hard when you know Renfro's hitting so well, but at the same time, Reyes is also hitting well. It's just the hits aren't falling. Um, obviously Myers has been playing very well So far this year um, Margot I think has been up and down He's had his moments Obviously the big hit last night um, His defense and base running always play though Which is, is definitely important as, as well I think um, With Jankowski and, and Cordero both hurt um, That obviously thins the outfield a little bit Makes it a little bit easier to to kind of Play these guys But I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out Because you cannot start Renfro Myers And Reyes right. in the outfield every day Sadly <laughs> Um, so yeah. at some point they're gonna have to make some decision, some move on one of those guys. It doesn't seem like they can really hold all three long term unless you think Renfro or you know, Reyes are bench bats only. But I think both have shown enough early season here to make you feel I mean, Reyes has been I, I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Obviously you don't love a thirty eight WRC plus, but I mean his walk rate and K rate are pretty close. He's only, he's walked about twelve percent of the time. He's only struck out about fifteen percent of the time, which is one of the lowest on the team. I mean the only one lower is Kinsler, which I think Kinsler's always been known for that. Um, So that, I think, stands out to me because Reyes was always a guy that was like, he's going to strike out too much. But if you look at the lineup, I mean, he's got pretty much the lowest rate of the starters. So, I mean, if you call Kinsler a starter, I guess it really depends. Um, So that's, I think, (laughs) been very encouraging. Like I mentioned before, he's, I think... I think he still is like the worst in baseball in terms of luck. If you take his um, expected WOBA, which is basically weighted on base average, it's like a fancier batting average. Um, we can we can obviously dive more into that. Um, if you take that and his actual WOBA, he's got the biggest difference in baseball. So expected is just kind of taking into account quality of contact. Um, he's obviously making fantastic contact. I kind of mentioned this yesterday that You know, him, Hosmer, uh, Myers, Renfro, all making just astounding contacts so far, all hitting the ball hard. I think all of them are over 40% hard hit rate. Um, So the hits are going to start to fall for some of these guys. And I think those early signs are definitely encouraging that they're all hitting the ball hard. Um, Even Hosmer, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard. His his, uh, launch angle is at like six right now, which doesn't seem great. But for him, who was in the negatives last year, that's, I think, positive. So hoping to see more things from him moving forward as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's you see the difference in this team. I mean, I I was there in the spring and I was there last year in the spring, and, and there was a night and day difference in the locker room and just the feeling of confidence in the in the in the in the room. And a lot of that has to do with Manny Machado. You will have to admit that uh, he brings an edge to the team. He brings something that that this Padre team hasn't had in the past ten, fifteen, twenty years, for that matter. Is the fact that they're not going to be pushed around, I, I think that they needed that. They needed to have that support group, that that feeling that everyone has each other's back. And say what you want about Machado, he plays the game hard, and he won't be disrespected by another team. And he's going to call someone out if if, if he feels so. So it, it's 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 fun. It's it's they're, they're playing the game, and having fun, and it's showing uh, on the standings and in the standings. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about the Ian Kinsler. Let's 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 get into this because this is something that, you know, when he was signed, I pretty much scratched my head, like, okay, well, why did they sign Ian Kindler? And, and then I found out it was a two-year deal, and more questions were asked. Uh, I spoke to Ian in in spring training in Peoria. He's an intense individual. He's a leader. He demands respect from the younger players. And, and I can kind of see where that was needed. But at the same time, you have Luis Urias on the team. You have a player who's who was, uh, you know, a crown jewel in the system. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, and then to call up Lurie, uh, Urias last week seemed a little strange to me as well, because he's in a bad offensive funk at this point right now. I, I He's just not making contact like he should be. He's trying to drive the ball with two strikes, which is kind of unusual for, for someone who's a line drive type hitter. He needs to be in AAA and playing every day, or, or at least that's my thoughts. Or he needs to be in the major leagues and playing every day. But the bottom line is Luis Irius needs at bats to figure this out, to figure out what's going on with his, his offensive issue. So, Give me your thoughts on the on the Kinsler Urias situation. But by the tone of your voice, I already kind of know where, where you're where you're headed in this regard. But let's talk about Kinsler and Urias and and how that's kind of a strange development uh, over the winter.
1: I mean, I didn't <clears throat> I didn't hate the Kinsler signing. Just objectively, I mean, I thought it was not a bad idea to have another veteran leader in the in the clubhouse. I mean, the fact that you have him mm-hmm. Hosmer and um, Machado now I think that's a pretty good core of you know veterans to kind of supplement all these young guys. So I don't I don't hate that. I think I just hate the fact that I mean I guess we're only 14 games in, but I mean the fact that he's let off I think for 11 of those games and it seems like <laughs> yeah. it seems like they're interested now in not doing that. I mean the fact that they called up Arius, there's no way you call up Arius to sit on the bench. So yeah, I think Arius yeah. is going to start playing every night and I think that's really what he needs to kind of get out of the funk. Um, And I think there's some encouraging signs there from Arias. I mean, his batting average on balls in play is like, I think like zero or like a hundred. So, I mean, I think the hits are going to start to fall a bit for him. Um, It's just kind of a matter of him kind of shaking out of that funk. Um, It seems like he's pressing a bit. As you kind of alluded to, um, I, yeah, I don't hate Kinsler as a signing. I think he's a great. I think he's a, he can be a really great, you know, guy off the bench to you know supplement the team at second. He can play third probably. He could play short in a pinch if he really needed him to. So, I think it's not yeah. a bad idea to have him on the team. Um, I just don't think he should be the leadoff hitter every day. Obviously, I think that's been borne out. Um, I don't like. I don't hate the idea of Myers just leading off for the short term until either Tatis okay. or Urias or okay. even Margot can show more consistency to be a top-of-the-order bat. Because obviously there's really no one guy you look at and say this guy's a top-of-the-order bat at this point. So I think that would probably be what I would do with Myers. Um, but yeah, in terms of Arias, I, I don't I don't think I'm too concerned. He's got a 143 BABIP currently. Um, that's, I think, definitely going to correct itself a bit. Um, I just think he needs to kind of get in a groove and, and start going from there.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's just an interesting saying to me. Uh, i do understand the the need for veteran presence and you know we've seen them play better this year so you know you you got to give some credit to some of the veteran players for kind of getting these younger players to to kind of focus and stuff so uh, yeah it is what it is um anything else we should hit on before we head out of here i'm kind of uh unprepared if you will <laughs> um i mean we could probably some...
1: we could probably talk all day i mean but- yeah, the
0: real—I mean, we've got eight months of of, of pent-up uh, Padre talking us, so uh, you know I could go on forever. Uh, I'm I'm just excited about the young staff and and how well they're they're pitching. Eric Lowers looked excellent this year. I'm so excited for his future. Uh, it, it's it's you know the future's here. We keep saying it. Uh, I think Jonathan Mayo said it said it the best that you know we should not necessarily plan a a ticker take uh, parade for the, this team, but no matter what, there's going to be relevancy in this team moving forward for the, for the next 10 years, most likely. I mean, it, it's it's a foundation that's never been laid before for a Padre franchise, and uh, we're excited for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking for continued positive development, you know, growth of the pitching staff. I don't necessarily think they need to, you know, win the division or even get a wild card, even compete for those yeah. things. But, um <laughs> I think they need to just kind of keep growing, keep showing consistency, keep developing, and I think they'll be uh, they'll be in a good spot.
0: Okay, before we leave, I got one one question for you, Dallas Keuchel. What, what what are your thoughts on potentially bringing him into the staff to to eat some innings and to provide a little bit of a veteran leadership uh, to this team? Uh, the rumors have been out there forever. I reported uh, a couple of different times that the team has been talking to them. I recorded they were close at one point uh it's kind of died down since then G- give me your thoughts on, on the keichel uh, talk i mean and, and...
1: i probably would have liked that signing like a month ago but at this point i mean yeah he if you sign him today i don't think he pitches before maybe mid-bay i mean i know he's been pitching in simulated games and whatever but he needs to you know get live action so i, I don't really know yeah. how many starts it would take for him to you know maybe he would go down to i don't know probably not El Paso maybe San Antonio or Elsinore just kind of throw some innings I don't know how long it would take him to get going I mean I wouldn't hate the signing if they give him you know a couple years and I don't know like if you let's say like three years like 50 million I I wouldn't hate that I don't think Keiko would take that deal I think he's pretty clear that he wants to you know get at least the qualifying offer now I mean I wouldn't even be opposed to a, a year deal at the qualifying offer the problem with that now is that He's missed. He's going to miss about a month and a half, maybe. So if you're paying him, what it, about the draft pick? Yeah, that's another thing. Is there's a draft pick with that? So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate. I don't hate the idea of signing him. I just think at this point, I think he's waited too long, and I, I don't really know if any offers are coming. And I mean, you could say the same thing about Kimbrel. I, I mean, I heard reports that he didn't like pitching here, but I mean, he would definitely look nice at the back of the bullpen. Um, although I, I'm yeah. kind of wary of him, you know, buying him when he's kind of older and might be in the decline soon i mean he's not declining yet he's still one of the best if not the best relief pitchers in in history honestly um but yeah i think it's kind of come to a point where it's a bit it's a bit long in the process i I don't know if that's the right decision at this point although i do expect the Padres to make a a trade very soon within like a month or so because this this pitching staff will not hold up um this bullpen will not hold up so they're gonna need to make some uh some big move here
0: yeah it's it's, it's tough because you can't just acquire an innings eater, or you think that you can't just acquire an innings eater uh, out of the blue, but something's going to have to be done because this this pitching staff can't go five and six innings every time and, and expect for the bullpen to, to be tip-top shape the whole rest of the year. I mean, we're already, what are we, a, a 10, 11 games, 12 games since the season, and, and we're already seeing some issues with that. So um, Andy Green is going to have to do some, some juggling. There's going to be a lot of uh, bus rides from El Paso to San Diego for a lot of pitchers. Um, but you know, it, it's about the future and, and it's about being wise with, with these pitchers and, and not overextending them for, for a, a pipe dream of a world series quest in 2019, because it's just, it's not, we're not quite there. We're, we're working towards that and it's, it's a progression and it's exciting, but we need to keep uh, Chris Paddock healthy. We need to keep uh, uh, Eric Lauer, or Joey Lucchese healthy and make sure that they're here for the next three, four, five, six years, uh, pitching for the Padres. So um it's it's an exciting time. I, I keep saying it, but it's it's really is an exciting time to be a Padre fan. When when national people wanna talk about this team, uh, you know that you are in uh in the right you headed in the right direction, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean it's it's I think it's the start of something special and um Hopefully this year they can stay, you know, at least competitive. I know they're gonna be they're gonna be fun either way, but I mean we obviously want them to be at least be competitive for the majority of the season
0: and Yeah. Like we said yeah. before, we'll go from there. Yeah. They're, I mean, at the very least they're watchable now. And that's uh that's that is, a that long is very way. true. I go out of my way that to watch a, them now
1: and before I definitely did not. <laughs>
0: and you and you know what's cool too is that you watch the whole lineup. There's there's segments yeah. of the lineup that are interesting to watch where before it was be like, okay, Myers is already up. Hosmer is already up. All right, I'll come back in two innings and win, watch again when they're back up. But now the bottom of the lineup's producing. You have a Hedges. You have a, a Fran meal down there. You have a Tatis down there. So it, it, it's, it's exciting. It, it really is. Um, thank you, folks, for joining us. Uh, we apologize about the hiatus that we've been on. We're going to try to be more regimented with our shows. Uh, Patrick and I are going to try to be out here uh, weekly with shows. Uh, that's the plan moving forward. Uh, don't kill us if we don't stick to that, but that is the plan moving forward. Correct, Patrick.
1: Yep. That is the plan.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, folks for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week and we will have another guest or it could just be a solo show between Patrick and I, uh, catching up on eight months of, uh, Padre talk. Uh, thank you so much, Patrick. Anything else before we get out of here? Um, I think that's it, right?
1: No, I think that's it. I mean, so we're, we're back in business. So you can find us again, Anywhere you find podcasts. I know we weren't really available before since our uh, we had some laps in our hosting, but we should be good to go now. So if there's any issues on that front, just let me know. Um, but like James said, we're going to try to keep it weekly now. Lots to talk about. So uh, we'll have no trouble filling that time.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, folks, folks, for joining us. East Village Times Podcast is signing out.